building better relationships at home and at work for people who have more than enough on their plate. Two coaches dangling the possibility of finding joy in your relationships. Do you dare to consider life can be better? Have a listen and tell us why. This episode, we look at the changing expectations in the marketplace where people are moving to offer their services for sale versus working in a job with a fixed salary and how this situation forces us to claim our value versus having employers or your own perceptions (laughs) determine what you are worth. As we talk about claiming your value at work or as an entrepreneur, our goal is that by listening to this podcast, you start to visualize what you would like to do to claim your value by either giving a dollar amount to it or by outlining the parameters of your pricing in the marketplace to give value to what you offer. In the podcast, we offer some tips on how to think about your value and combat the stories you might tell yourself that perhaps you don't deserve that value, you don't know how to value what you offer, or that somehow other people deserve to claim a certain dollar amount for what they offer, but you don't seem to be able to do that. Recently, I spoke with a friend who's working at a job and staying after hours, but not getting paid. She's paid by a salary and the business really needs an extra staff person, but Due to the pandemic, they are so busy. Yes, with the salary position, it is sometimes abused. It can be abused by working too much or not working enough, but mostly working more than less. Yeah, and her practice hasn't been able to spend the time to focus on employing new staff. This is a hard one when you don't put focus on getting more staff and training them. The current staff are overwhelmed and overstressed. This causes some things that are important to be pushed aside because you can't do it at all. Shortcuts and mishaps happen due to doing shortcuts. How do you set up your work schedule boundaries? I would recommend take five to 10 minute breaks twice a day to clear your mind physically and emotionally. Explain through the day what your schedule will be and stick to it as closely as possible. Patty, can I ask, are you saying explain it to your co-workers what your schedule is? Yes. Okay. So that people understand I'm leaving at five o'clock today. I'm not staying over today. I've got to leave at five o'clock today. I'm leaving at five o'clock today. (laughs) The power of the word, that'll put a time in their brain. And you start doing it. And day after day, when you continue to leave at 5 p.m., people expect you to leave at 5 p.m. then. It sounds so obvious, but it's only until you do it that you get the reality of doing that. Yes. It's just like when you stay late. People expect you to stay late because you've been staying late every day. So they're going to come into your office at 5 p.m. and sit there and want to chat with you. And they just expect you to stay because you stay every day late. Yeah. 
So it's it's not what I say, it's what I do. Yes. So people, but when you start saying, I'm going to change that, I'm doing this, then people start to realign to that new thing that you're claiming. Okay, so you're claiming a new time boundary. When I spoke with my friend, we got to the issue of her needing to have a conversation where she could assert what she wanted in terms of a pay raise. And in her case, specifically asking for more money and payment for the overtime that she was doing as well. However, there was a lot of hesitancy on her part to even have the conversation. And the belief came up that because the practice is too busy, she shouldn't bring up the conversation. Many women often find they're too timid to assert their worth or ask for a raise. And often this is just a lack of experience on their part of having the conversation and asking for more or initiating negotiation. And that lack of experience makes it harder than it needs to be. Patty, can you share an example of how to negotiate a different pay rate for your work? Well, Angela, this is something I have struggled with myself. The generation I was raised in, we were told to work hard. People will value you, promote you, and give you a raise for the job well done. Usually, when I was offered a new job, my current job would give me a raise or a promotion to keep me there. That was how I got raises. I know this is sad, but that's the way it was. How to determine and ask for a raise. Is the timing right? Is it before or during the company's budget planning cycle? At this point in time, is the company making a profit or at a loss? Have you completed a significant task or project and it was successful? And that's the key. Was it successful or not? Have you worked over and beyond your regular work duties? Make a list of your accomplishments for the year. Identify a salary range or percentage increase that is fair and you would be satisfied with. And is this acceptable in your industry or is it over the top? That's something that you need to think about. You don't want to price it way too high because then you're not going to get a raise. Now I'm going to give you some self-reflection questions to determine to get a raise. So ask these questions to yourself. Do I exceed expectations of my job duties, job description, and why? Am I the go-to person who gets things done? Do I take on additional tasks, projects, and responsibility outside of my job description? Do others come to me for advice, knowledge, and leadership? Am I increasing my learning and knowledge within my industry? People at work describe me as vital within the company. If you answer yes to these questions, schedule a meeting with your manager to discuss career opportunities and the possibility for a raise. Write down and rehearse how you will approach the subject of a raise and what you will say no matter 
whether you receive a raise or not, thank your manager for their time and consideration. Those questions are awesome. And we'll have those in the show notes. Yes. Great. Thanks, Patty. And Patty, you also have another podcast for managers and leaders. It's called Exploring Life and Work. Could you share how that might help as well? Sure. The podcast is for managers or supervisors who feel burnt out, stressed out, or overworked from their demanding job, and now looking to find some calm and balance in life, both inside and outside of work. These mini podcast episodes are designed to inspire life and work strategies to maintain sanity within their busy day from chaos to calm. So I have published the trailer, episode one, how to stop ignoring the hard stuff and go from chaos to calm, and episode two, exploring self-talk and emotions of the manager and supervisor. I'm currently working on episode three, so check it out. We will have the podcast link in the show notes, and it's called Exploring Life and Work with Patty from from Chaos to Calm. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks, Patty. That sounds great. I've listened to the episodes, and they, especially the emotions of the manager, it was quite triggering. (laughs) I'm not a a manager of anyone except me, and it was triggering. (laughs) Well, thank you, Angela. That means a lot. (laughs) So now we're going to address how do you claim your value as an entrepreneur, which is different to being in a salaried position. So the job of an entrepreneur is actually to be an interpreter of your value to the world. When you're an entrepreneur, You're selling or explaining using stories and relating to the needs of people. What is the gift and value that you share? So why is it hard to be an entrepreneur? Claiming your value about what you share is often, if not always, conditioned by your perceptions and beliefs about what you share and the way you perceive the world. So here I'm going to review what many entrepreneurs tell themselves when they think about offering their services to the market and the world. Is the world interested in what I share? Does the world understand what I share? Do I have anything of value to share with others? (laughs) And if I do, Do I know how to communicate that effectively to others? Can people afford what I have to share? Will people want to pay for what I have to share? There are so many other people offering what I have. Why would anyone else want what I've got to share? Patty, can you think of any stories entrepreneurs or service providers have about what they offer? Let's talk about self-doubt to self-assured. Common stuff that goes through people's minds. How much do I share? Did I share too much? Do people want to hear about it? Will it make a difference? Am I being too pushy? What if no one buys my products or services? 
what if people are making fun of me or judging me? And I think that one's a big one for a lot of people, fear. Then they're not the people for you. There are people out there that need your products and services. They need your story and inspiration. They need you because you have been there and done that and survived. They need to hear your story and know there is some light through the darkness they are experiencing. Being able to have the confidence that what you are sharing and serving others has value to the people who need to hear it. That's what keeps you going. You will have family and friends who don't understand, and that's okay. Eventually, they will come around and be your biggest encouragers and supporters. I'll give you some examples. I have a family member who would make fun of me for doing Reiki. She didn't understand what it was until one day she was in a lot of pain, and I said, let me do some Reiki on you. So she let me perform Reiki on her, and now she tells everyone about it and is my biggest fan. My coaching business, I have family and friends who don't support me doing it. And then I have others who encourage me with it. How I got my husband on board with my coaching was sharing my blog posts with him and him giving me suggestions on blog post topics. I think some of my family and friends, they don't understand the value of coaching because they personally have never experienced it. Being okay with what you do, even when others don't share your enthusiasm and why. Be okay with it. You know the value of it and the clients you serve, and that's what really matters. That's so valuable, Patty, about knowing the value of what you offer. And sometimes with family, they've been my biggest critics and my biggest support at the same time. Yes. <laughs> so they play a funny role, but in a way they keep you real mm -hmm. and keep you relatable. So you never have this idea that, well, Everybody just takes what I've got to offer. There's critics out there. And some of the criticism can actually help shape your offer and make it um, make you find the words to make it of value to the world as well. So I wanted to share how to look at claiming your value as an entrepreneur by starting with your inner story of the value you offer. And that inner story, as I mentioned, can be um, forced to be reckoned with by your family or they can also help you. And sometimes you need to go and look at your inner story without your family influence. So if you are an entrepreneur or you, even if you have a side hustle, as you're listening to this, you can take some notes or just reflect. Take a moment to think about what is your story about what you have to offer the world. It's important to understand the value or acknowledge your value so that you can stand firm and also claim the 
boundaries that will support you and the value of what you offer. So Patty has a, a workbook. Sorry, Patty, it's a workshop or a workbook? Workbook. A workbook called the 21 Days to Optimal Work-Life Balance Workbook. And it's for busy people. Entrepreneurs often fall into that trap of busyness and not doing everything that will serve them. So that means you're out of balance. So when I did Patty's 21 Days to Optimal Work-Life Balance, I saw that what motivated me more was doing less. So doing things like silence, prayer, and contemplation. And all of the 21 days workbook questions included an aspect of contemplation. And after doing it, it challenged me to think about how can I design my life so I work efficiently and have time for the work I truly love, which is meditation, dance, connecting with people, prayer, nature, the, the things I really like to do in my work. So when you know the value of what you offer, then you can build, create those boundaries around that value. And the 21 Days to Optimal Work-Life Balance Workbook also has a specific section on boundaries, which I probably could do for the rest of my life, but it keeps on growing as I keep revisiting that day. And specifically, when it comes to claiming your value, we look at boundaries on what you will and will not accept in the organisation of your time and energy to offer your value to the world. I'll give you an example. My partner, when he starts any contract, he's an independent contractor, he insists on clarity in the hourly rate, start and end time. Otherwise, he feels the relationship is not clear and could lead to cloudy expectations. And if the employer or contractor is not clear, he calls them out on it and says, that's not clear. He doesn't work on assumptions where he will do extra work outside of contracted time. Because he values his time, he always insists on clarity with the hourly rate, time expected, and any other expectations. Some people call this expectation management. He needs those clear, otherwise he won't even interact with a new business. And he has left contracts because they kept changing the expectations. Patty, do you have anything to share on getting clear around boundaries of time, start time, end time? I know you've mentioned leaving at 5 p.m. And also being clear in your communication about what's expected in a work or business relationship. Yes, um, setting healthy boundaries in your personal and professional life are important to clearly identify your limits and responsibilities to everyone involved. Boundaries reflect what you will put up with in a relationship and what you will not. Communicating your boundaries makes you a happier person because you will not feel used or mistreated. Set a work schedule with yourself first and then start communicating it to others. Lead by example. What do I mean? When it is time to go home, leave. Come into work at the set time and leave at the set time. When you do this, 
people will know you are serious about your work schedule boundaries. Angela, I like your example of your partner laying out his expectations and sticking to them. It shows he's serious about his work-life values. This is something important to him and he communicates it with those he works with. Communication and not faltering from it reflects this is the way it's going to be. Staying within your scheduled hours. Once you've learned to keep work from cutting into your personal time, you will be you will become more empowered to enjoy life outside of the office walls. Yeah, when you get clear on your value, then your partner will also be able to celebrate and support yes. you. <laughs> They'll be happy that you're coming home on time. <laughs> Instead of calling you going, where are you? Yes. <laughs> I've got friends who do that. Yeah. So many common problems faced by an entrepreneur is they have family members who think that they should just get a job because they grew up in a family when no one was in a business and everyone got paid a regular income. This is true. Family and friends do want the best for you and they worry about whether this is going to be a stable income coming in for you. Right. And I've seen relationships break up over this issue because one person thinks you should be in a job while the other is an entrepreneur and their mindset around work and money and value don't match up. However, I've also seen the opposite. I've seen couples flourish when they both encourage each other to do their thing and claim their value. And entrepreneurs often need to go through a growth phase where they work out how to price, how to package and explain their service and how to schedule their time. So just tell your partner, if you're an entrepreneur, I'm going through a growth phase <laughs> <laughs> and I need you to encourage me. My partner moved countries from France to Australia a few years ago, and he had to do a complete culture and work mindset shift where he had to claim what he was worth per hour in Australia. In France, previously, he never did that because his job for many decades dictated what he was worth through a salary and that his salary was considered a good salary because a lot of French people live on the same income as each other and the economy is very different to Australia. In Australia, he was given an opportunity to say he wanted 40 or $50 per hour or more, which he had never done before. And through his journey, I've been learning how to claim and insist on what I want to get paid. He often supports what I, what I offer because of the depth of my experience and expertise. And he lifts me up by helping me recognize the depth of my experience. He's my cheerleader. And that comes from me saying, this is who I am and getting clearer on what I offer and its value to people. When you have support and encouragement from the people who love you, it can really be an inspiration for success. And I really feel at these times, Patty, when the marketplace is changing and more people are moving out of a salaried income, which is happening a lot in Australia, my partner has the attitude 
that it's not worth it if he's going to put all this effort into the work that he doesn't get the recognition for that effort, which is very different from my friend who I mentioned before who thinks she should work her butt off to keep her job. And this contrast of my partner and my friend, it started me thinking, how do you claim your value in what you offer to the world, whether it is in a paid employment job or in personal relationships or as an entrepreneur? And here are some questions and a journal exercise that you can try thinking about your value and how you condition your value. <laughs> if you want to claim your value, you need to see the conditions you put on it so that you'll understand why you are using your time and energy the way you are. And so that if you want, you can change your perception about your value and you can see which specific idea or thought you need to focus on to transform. So the first step in the journaling is to see, oh, sorry, the three steps we're going to do are to see how to change your mindset or perception about your value. Two is to change the way you describe your value to the world so the world can understand more clearly your value. And the third piece is to see how to communicate your value to the world so that they understand it clearly. So it's only the belief in what you offer that changes as you start working on your story. What were you going to share on that, Patty? Yeah, I think that's the hardest part is really the communication of what you do, especially if it's something unique and different, like what you and I do, Angela. A lot of people have never heard of coaching or they've never heard of Reiki or they never heard of body movement and energy work. I had a friend once, she's a very good touchstone for me on keeping it real. She said, what? You talk to people <laughs> over the phone and they pay you? <laughs> and I went, um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I had a sales coach once and he said that it only comes down to the confidence in what you offer. So he says that the price that you set on what you offer is purely based on confidence. It's not what you offer to the person. It's what you as a salesperson, as a service provider, it's what you believe is the price of what you offer. But some entrepreneurs, we need a story and a reason or a logical thought process to explain the value of what we offer and that belief or confidence in what you offer. So here is the exercise. When you think about your value in what you offer or in the workplace, what is the dollar value of time one-on-one -on -one with you, either by the hour or by the interaction? So if you're working one hour, how much is that? Or if your service is a longer process that takes months or weeks, how much is that service? What's the dollar amount? Now, that may take you a bit longer than this podcast, so you can reflect on that. As you put the dollar amount on the hour or length of your service, what story do you have around it? Why is it worth that specific amount? And write everything that comes to you. 
journal as much as you want about this. It's important to see the whole story. And once you look at that story, what, if any, limitations or conditions do you have on what you offer? For example, I charge $50 per hour. Why not more? Why $50? So now this is how I rephrase the story that you've written. Once you've written everything, the next three steps are to write down the answers to this. You finish the following three statements. One, the value I offer people is. Two, people need what I offer because. And three, the marketplace thinks the dollar amount of what I offer is. And some of you for number three, you might need to do a bit of homework on that with the marketplace. It might not be something in your knowledge right now. In fact, that may be the problem. You might have made a story about the marketplace. <laughs> so I recommend researching that one. So after you've answered those three, the final thing to tell yourself and revisit again, what is the dollar amount of what you think for now is what you would like to claim for what you offer, either per hour or for that specific service. Now, here is the most interesting part after you've journaled and done that writing exercise. Here's the key to claiming your value. If you feel uncomfortable with this dollar amount, there is something in you that needs attention. Read all that you wrote about what you offer and your value and ask this question. What makes you uncomfortable? When you understand this, what doesn't feel right, that is a perception that needs to be focused on that you can shift or transform. And Patty and I as coaches can help you do that in a session if you need extra help. Once you see what needs to get your attention about your story, about your value, then you can change it. I had an amazing awakening around this after my cancer. I realized before cancer, I tried to claim my value by offering services that I thought people wanted so that I could get a coaching career that would cater to many people. However, after cancer, I realized that I was wasting precious life energy, of which now I don't have as much physical energy. I have a lot of spiritual energy now, but less physical strength due to my cancer. And I finally realized that the dance and healing work I do is not for everyone, but for specific people that I came to value and work with too. So now I don't waste energy trying to be all things for all people. I'm really laser focused on the gift of dance and healing and how that offers a unique service to specific people that I came to connect with. And it has changed how I do my pricing because I see clearly what it is I came to do and I'm not offering services I did before that took a lot of energy and wasted a lot of time. And going back to what I gained from the 21 Days to Work-Life Balance Workbook, it gives me a heightened awareness of how I design my life around stillness, peace, silence, nature, 
people and the dance. You have so much to offer to others, Angela. Thank you for sharing your talents, your life journey, and your spiritual gifts to us. When working in a job or a career in which you feel underappreciated can be heartbreaking. If you are feeling undervalued, use these tips and journal prompts that Angela and I have shared and consider reclaiming your value. You are worth so much more than you know. This episode has given us a lot to think about claiming our value. We would love to hear your tips, strategies, and inspiring stories on building better relationships at home and at work or on this topic. If you enjoyed this podcast, how about becoming a monthly supporter? Click on the support button in the Anchor app. And thank you so much for listening. Thank you for listening to Building Better Relationships with Angela and Patty. Send us a message and please like or share the podcast or donate with the Anchor Donate button. We really value your feedback.